Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Inspiring you to bring God back into the conversation of the day. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles, arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Good morning. Good morning. It is Tuesday, the seventh of March, twenty twenty-three. I would be remiss if I did not begin this morning by sending out a big shout out and thank you to um, everybody across the country, but right here in my neck of the woods who work to restore power. Yep. I am uh, giving a shout out today to all the guys um, and and gals who make it possible for us to turn the lights on and do what we do here each and every day. So in particular, um, to... The guys that were out at my house last night um, from Dixon Electric, shout out uh, this morning because uh, the lights are on, praising praising God for um, that particular blessing and for hot water. Let me just go ahead and say <clears throat> hot water is super nice. Um, so uh, be sure that you say thanks today to people who do things that maybe you ordinarily take for granted. So farmers, truck drivers, mm-hmm, teachers. Yeah, who else do I, the mail carrier, yeah, Amazon delivery person, Mm -hmm. anybody that you maybe have taken for granted in the past, you know, the water, man, man, the water company guys, like, uh, you know, anybody that's, that's out there doing something that makes my life possible each and every day, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I don't want to fail to recognize and acknowledge all the things that happen each and every day um, that make it possible for me to move through life the way um, I pretty much take for granted. And so power is a huge part of that. So um, particular Thanksgiving this morning for that. Today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day comes from Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Um, And as we consider this, uh, as we consider this verse, you know, let's consider um, that Jesus is is talking here about what um, what makes us rich and what makes us foolish. So the context of this is actually the parable of the rich fool. It's a parable that Jesus um, told to sort of open the eyes of the heart to the futility of the pursuit of material wealth. And so let's consider that as we read today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day from Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Jesus said to them, take heed, beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. So, um, you know, as Jesus is saying here, your life doesn't consist in the abundance of the things you possess, then of what does your life consist? How do you measure your life. One person has said in response to this, my life consists of sleeping and thinking. My life consists of school, friends, USC football games, and frozen yogurt. Now, I got to tell you, that's a pretty terrible measure of life. 
Um, Italo Cavino uh, in Mr. Palomar says this, a person's life consists of a collection of events, the last of which could also change the meaning of the whole, not because the last event counts more than all the previous ones, but because once they are all included in a life, events are arranged in an order that is not chronological, but rather corresponds to an inner architecture. I would say um, eventually the events of your life are um, corresponding to an eternal architecture, a cosmic architecture. Um, how does my life fit into the life of God? How, does, how do my years fit into eternity? I read um, a couple of sermons uh, on this passage, and one of them was by Pastor Charles Seat. He uh, is pastor in Singapore, and he started off um, his sermon on this passage, um, you know, acknowledging that people are living today uh, as, as if life is nothing more than the pursuit of material wealth. In our land, remember, he's in Singapore. He said, this pursuit is often translated into obtaining the proverbial five C's that epitomize the typical Singaporean standard of living. Uh, and so what are the five C's of Singapore? Like, right, this is contextual here. He's trying to bring the living word of God to bear on the lives of the people listening. And so the five C's in Singapore are cash, car, credit card, condominium, and country club membership. And it was a phrase, it is a phrase that's used in Singapore to refer to rampant materialism, but it is the pursuit um, that most people are engaged in. Uh, and he went on to uh, exegete the passage um, and and essentially, you know, he's concluding that, you know, this is futility, it's futility. And he's uh, making reference to other places in scripture that that talk about the futility of just the pursuit of material wealth. Now, into this, he then asserts the gospel. And here's what's important to know. This is a sermon that he delivered in 2005. And it's a message that resonated deeply, not only with the first hearers um, there in the context of that one congregation, but it, it like took deep root, took deep root. And so fast forward from 2005 to 2015, and you get reports in the secular media, in the secular media, that um, there's been a notable transformation. What secular press starts to call an undeniable trend. And they started talking about the new five C's in Singapore. And the new five C's are creativity, collaboration, contribution, compassion, and confidence. Now, it's not difficult for us to see how a life that consists of these qualities creativity, collaboration, contribution, compassion, and confidence would be far superior, not only to the edification of the person, but to the glorification of God, um, far superior to cash, car, credit card, condominium, and country club membership. The gospel was and is transforming a culture at a very deep level. Might the same happen here? Might the same happen to us? So let's ask the question today, of what or in what does my life consist? You may not have five C's that drive your time, talent, treasure, task list, and testimony, but pick another letter. 
consider the five drivers of your life of what does your life consist what direction are you headed by what cold pizza for breakfast warm coke to wash it down maybe a couple of anchovies make this meal well rounded i want cold Hey, thanks for your messages on the text line this morning. You can always text me during the show, 877-933-2484. Jim in Connecticut says, oh, I'm so disappointed. I thought you were going to start the new five C's with Christ. Yes, well, it would be surprising for the secular media to... um, uh, to make a list starting with Christ, uh, you know, ten, 10 years of um, of the gospel vibrantly taking root in a culture is probably not going to result in the secular media acknowledging that uh, that the new five C's start with Christ. But um, but certainly when you consider what's happening in places and spaces around the world where the gospel does take root. Um, how can you have creativity without a creator? How can you have collaboration without an understanding of the unity of the spirit and um, uh, and the bond of peace? How can you have contribution as one of the drivers in a culture unless you have people making um, sacrificial um, giving, laying down their lives and their livelihoods for others? How can you have compassion without Christ? Um, and certainly, how can you have confidence, not only confidence in um, in the provision for today, but confidence in the future? So I see Christ, 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 Christ um, in these. I see Christ in creativity and in collaboration and contribution, compassion and confidence. And so sometimes Christ may not get the headline, but he is certainly um, the storyline underneath it all. All right, uh, one quick headline here um, before we uh, before we jump to a very very brief break. Um, there's a southern border crisis. You you know this, um, and let us continue lifting up prayers for the four Americans um, abducted in uh, in Matamoros, Mexico, on Friday. The State Department is um, very very actively seeking the return of those individuals. Um, if you've seen the video, <clears throat> then um, you know that uh, the uh, the status of at least three of them is very much in question. Um, the southern border is a mess uh, here in the United States. But the southern border that I want to um, alert your attention to is the, the Canadian southern border, where there is also uh, an immigration crisis. And... Um, m- Migrants are surging the southern border of Canada, which is the northern border of the United States. And so I think um, this is something to be incredibly aware of. Um, and and for those of you listening um, who who live in states that border Canada, you're probably very, very familiar with this and probably know a whole lot more about it than I do. Um, the New York Times is giving it uh, a lot of um, uh, a lot of real estate. And so the awareness of this is rising. You know, they 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 lifted up um, as a part of the conversations that are going to be taking place between uh, between the president of the United States and the prime minister of Canada. And, you know, so that's, you know, it's a part of like the the tension, the new tension um, in that relationship. But we're talking about asylum seekers from around the world um, and they are coming through the United States of America and entering into Canada over what is, you know, recognizably a pretty porous border. Um, and so uh, if you have some familiarity with this issue, um, if you have um, some thoughts about it, maybe your church is engaged, um, 
on this topic, uh, I'd love to hear from you. So you can text me and uh, and I'll do some follow up. 877-933-2484. The United States, uh, in terms of our southern border, is considering reinstating the detention of families on uh, who are seeking asylum. That would be a reinstitution of a policy that was first used by President Obama and every administration since. And so um, we'll be looking toward that. And then I was also reading about this very, very positive approach that is uh, is happening in Miami. Obviously, the people entering into Florida across its porous border are fleeing mostly from Cuba, um, and they're mostly Christians. And so it's an an interesting um, response, uh, especially because there's a very, very well-established um, ex, ex, expat Cuban community um, in in Miami and in Southern Florida. And so they don't really see it as, as welcoming the stranger so much as welcoming members of an extended family who they haven't seen for many, many years and actually, uh, actually have never met because, you know, this is generational. So we just want to lift up a very positive expression of response in terms of the way the churches in South Florida are coming together to welcome and provide uh, life and livelihood and really fully integrate um, new um new members of the community, and then how others elsewhere, um, you know, are having a different experience. So we continue lifting that up as well. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. You say come to the river All right, I'm trying to keep up with all of your uh, questions here on the text line this morning. So some of them might have to wait until after the show. But thank you so much for the engagement there. Love to hear from you. You can always text me, 877-933-2484. Let me uh, me highlight a headline here about Walgreens. Um, I don't know where, um, you know, where... Where you go, I just go ahead and confess, I go to Walgreens. Absolutely. Um, So I think that it's important as you, let's just say you were to Google Walgreens right now, you're going to see that Walgreens is in the crosshairs of a culture war. um, And they're probably saying to themselves, now, now wait just a minute. Um, All we said we were going to do is what is deemed to be legal in a particular state. So here's what's going on. Walgreens had to issue a statement yesterday saying this, we want to be very clear about our position. It's the same as it's always been. Walgreens plans to dispense um, mifa, mifepristone, which is an abortion drug, abortion inducing, uh, inducing drug, mifepristone in any jurisdiction where it is legally permissible to do so. Once we are certified by the FDA, we will dispense this medication consistent with federal and state laws. Providing legally approved medications to patients is what pharmacies do. It's rooted in our commitment 
uh, to the communities in which we operate. So it's not as if Walgreens took a moral stand and said, we're not selling Mifepristone. No, Walgreens just said, um, we're, we're a pharmacy and we're only going to dispense legal drugs in places where it's legal to do so. But that's not enough for um, Governor Newsom in California, who has said we're cutting ties with Walgreens because of the stance they have taken, you know, failing to provide this essential medication, um, life saving medication. Let me just ask this question. How many how, how many lives are saved in an abortion? Just just ask yourself that question. When you hear mifepristone described as a life saving drug, I want you to ask yourself how many lives are saved in during an abortion? Three days ago, Walgreens announced that it would not dis- distribute abortion pills in 20 states. Why not? Because in those 20 states, it's illegal to do so. So that's what's going on um, on the Walgreens front. So if you want to give a little love to Walgreens today, um, you know, <clears throat> yeah, just a thought. All right. And then um, one other headline that caught my attention this morning. Um, let me let me. Let me just say that if you are referring to anyone in a pejorative way because of their race, you're a racist. I just, I, it just, people are people and every person is created in the image of God. And Jesus died as the one atoning sacrifice for everyone. You and I stand on equal footing in creation, at the cross, and if we receive Jesus, we stand on equal footing in the kingdom. Like he's the dividing line. He's the dividing line. He brings down every other dividing wall of hostility between us. That is the message of the gospel that needs somebody needs to preach uh, to Representative Heather Keeler. So if you're listening in the Margo, in the uh, Fargo-Moorhead area and um, you want <clears throat> to do a little outreach to your member of uh, – uh, to your representative, she represents the uh, Minnesota Congressional District 4A. And um, and she has said, quote, white saviors are the worst. She wants white Christians, these are her quotes, to stop adopting um, Native American babies because uh, she, she equates that to genocide. There's not a... Um, there aren't enough uh, foster homes nor adoptive families right now for some 400,000 kids in the United States of America. But this person wants to be sure that no quote-unquote Native American babies are adopted by quote-unquote white Christians because um, the only motivation she sees that those people would have for doing that is to um, commit genocide against what she perceives to be her people. And let me just say this. We the people are your people. We're all your people. Um, And so these dividing lines of hostility that rise among us uh, within the culture, as a Christian, you've got to go tear it down. You've got to go tear down the dividing wall of hostility. You got to say, that is not who we are. We, um, red and yellow, black and white, every single one is precious in God's sight. And, and in Christ Jesus, there is no longer Greek nor Jew, male nor female, slave nor free, Native American, nor any other kind of American. And so um, some of you are saying Carmen is muddying the waters because um, to be American is not necessarily to be Christian. Yeah, that is absolutely true. 
But to be Christian and to be American um, is to very clearly say into this kind of bigotry and religious hostility, Representative Heather Keeler, you are wrong. You are wrong. There is no white savior. There is no black savior. There is no Native American savior. There's just a savior. And his name is Jesus. We might have to find the feet today <clears throat> to say that out loud. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Let's take a moment to go upwards with Max Lucado. Uh, again, I'm trying to um, answer you as quickly as possible on the text line this morning. So thank you so much. Um, on this uh, Taste and See Tuesday, let us taste and see that the Lord is good. I have a, a good news shout out for um, Redemption Church in Portland, Oregon. It's a new church um, plant. Virgil is uh, the the planting pastor, Kelsey is his wife. And during the pandemic, Kelsey took up, um, you know, the practice of baking bread. And now um, it's a huge part of their, uh, their outreach in terms of their community. So you can imagine that uh, if you're, if you're showing up and you have a loaf of fresh baked bread, um, you know, the, uh, the opportunity or the willingness to let you, let you in or even um, have a conversation. Uh, it just is, it breaks down barriers. And so um, that's what's going on in terms of sharing, um, sharing bread, physical bread, as they seek to bless their city and share the good news of the gospel. And so they, um, they talk about here in their testimony um, that, uh, you know, Portland is known as one of the most religiously unaffiliated metro areas in all of the United States. Some 42% of the people choose not to identify as as anything in terms of uh, religious tradition. So there's 42% of the population are nuns, N-O-N-E-S. Um, and Virgil says, you know what? Portlanders are actually really open to the gospel. Our experience after moving into the city almost three years ago is that people are open. They're curious about God. They're open to having a discussion about Jesus and spiritual conversations. Uh, and they talk about how baking and sharing bread has helped them build bridges into conversations with more people. Um, Kelsey says, I started bringing bread every Sunday, just looking for people to give it to, and then started giving it to our neighbors. And as new people moved into the neighborhood, we would bring them a loaf of bread and share the information about, um, you know, our, our church, our Christian community. And so, um, she says, you know, it's, uh, we're hoping to be a light in this community, hoping to show people that what community really looks like and that what God really looks like and show them what salvation and forgiveness and mercy look like. We want the church to be a community where people can find a home. Um, and so uh, I'm going to just encourage us to be praying together for Virgil and Kelsey and this new church plant, um, Redemption Church in Portland, Oregon. You know, the news out of Portland, Oregon is almost always bad. But I want to say this, God's got an outpost there. He's got people there. And he is um, seeing that his son would be made known in the breaking of the bread. And that is truly good news on this Taste and See Tuesday. 
So listener Tim Marr is going to join us next. That's right. He's a real listener to Mornings with Carmen. He responded um, to something that I asked one day and he responded on the text line and we got into a conversation and I thought, you know what? Um, when I ask what are some really good ideas, some fresh ideas that would bring positive reformation in the culture today, um, Tim's got one. So we're going to talk next about Mediterranean harvest. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Tim Marr is joining us now. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Carmen. Thank you for having me. I really enjoy your show and how you connect faith and life. And I believe that uh, one of the ways we can do this, as you just mentioned about Redemption Church, is helping people with their food and and helping them see the wonder of God in it. So, um, Tim, you are uh, a regular listener to the show. Um, you engage with me frequently on the text line, so I really appreciate that. Um, you responded when I asked, hey, anybody out there got any good ideas? Uh, I think that the context of the conversation um, was, you know, the, the challenges that we deal with um, in, across our culture in terms of health, particularly um, people who are dealing with chronic diseases. And you said, you know what, there is a positive reformation that could take place in the culture today. And it's centered around the things we eat. So um, you can just talk about your perspective on that? Thanks, Carmen. Yes. First of all, the church has been a leader in bringing health care to society through building hospitals, clinics, and everything else. But as it turns out, um, the way we eat has even greater influence on the outcomes of our health than all of that. In fact, it cuts across cancer and heart disease and diabetes and Parkinson's and so many, in fact, virtually all chronic illnesses can be impacted, potentially averted, and and even in many cases, things can be reversed by the way we eat in our diet, and particularly if we focus on the Mediterranean style of eating. And so the church, just as it's led the healthcare contributions to society, could well introduce a dietary regimen that's been proven in longitudinal study after study to impact chronic illnesses. And so what we are is a repository of information in the mediterraneanharvest.com website that gives people the resources to know all that, to see how the food works and to see its contribution, its massive contribution to health. And we've used it in churches and and, and helped bring churches um, that kind of information and proper foods out to their communities. It's a um, it's a massive educational or re-educational um, effort, and so we're going to introduce it to you today, MediterraneanHarvest.com, MediterraneanHarvest.com. Um, Tim, um, you know, let's just talk about it. What What is it exactly? Okay, well, first of all, what it's not is it's not a nutritionist or a dietitian's uh, service, those are still needed as our doctors, but it's a repository of insights and tools based on looking at all that's out there in research that's proven this. And um, interestingly, a WebMD doctor had referred to Mediterranean style of eating as quote unquote, a divine mix. And he went further and he said, you know, he said, 
God knows what sorts of interactions take place within the foods, and we need to further research to pinpoint them exactly. God knows what sorts of interactions take place in the food. He created the food and its interactions in our body and its interaction in the orchestration of all the foods we eat and how it can impact our health. So that's the principal thing. And then it, what we do is we capture all the research that's out there and put various tools together, including the research summary, including a food functionality guide that describes how the apple, you know, no wonder the apple has a, a star when you cut it in half because they say, you know, two apples a day would dramatically improve your health and lower things so significantly. Um, you know, it'd be great. And bananas contain all kinds of uh, properties and beans are high in protein and address all the issues that you're looking for in cancer and other properties. Um, so there's plenty of food there that we describe in the functional foods. And then we have nutrition facts. We have all this research summarized. We have a brief research slideshow summary and then on-site tools that you can use and, and publish for yourself to, to take advantage of what's been established by experts all over the place. And in particular, um, there's a lot of substantiation that there's a lot of diet confusion, but experts are now saying we should focus on the brand of Mediterranean that can cut through the clutter that can encourage people to appreciate that. Oh, by the way, and from the brand's perspective, um, I love the fact that the Apostle Paul had a Mediterranean harvest in his four uh, journeys around the Mediterranean. So the name Mediterranean Harvest for Life is a, a wonderful name, I think. Oh, because Paul's Mediterranean harvest was a was a harvest of people? Yeah, we can oh, use it to nice. actually show God's love to people and witness to God's provisions and his creation and that this didn't just evolve, this world. It's a, such an amazing manifestation of that in the food he's given us that we are dependent on to survive. So if we're looking every day, we should wake up and celebrate our creator. But if we're looking at what, are you, what have you done for me lately, just consider olive oil or nuts, you know, things like that. It's amazing. This is totally amazing. All right, so there's a little bit of um, uh, of eat like Jesus in all of this, and maybe uh, less eat like um, some um, company might or advertiser might want me to eat. Right? There's a there is yeah. a whole foods component to this. There's a what actually comes out of the ground component to this. There's a um, lean. Uh, lean, low fat, uh, good, good fat, whole foods kind of approach to all of this. So I want you to introduce us, um, you know, let's go a little bit deeper into um, maybe what, what kinds of things would be included in a Mediterranean harvest if I were going to reset my table today. Um, with a Mediterranean harvest, what are some things that it would include and maybe what are some things it would exclude? Very nice to think about that. The reality is we as a society, I think we spend $40 billion on diets overall, and it's not a diet and it's not foreign foods like falafel and things like that. It's just food that was uh, actually a, a dietary pattern that Ansel Keys, a doctor in, in um, 1949, discovered in the Mediterranean region. And then research after research has followed on and figured out why and how it works. And um, the beautiful thing about it is it's it's a, contrary to that food habit that you were talking about that's um, encouraged by salts and fats and sugars, you really get rid of that and you focus on the foods that really are na natural the way they are and not processed. And it includes 
primarily you start with olive oil and perhaps we replace butter with it and then whole grains and fruits and vegetables and dark leafy greens and legumes and nuts and seeds and fish with omega-3 fatty acids and a lower consumption of lean meat and dairy and all of that works together in various ways from the functionality of the food God designed to impact our health profoundly. Yeah, it's um, it's so good. What a great approach. All right, we're talking with Tim Marr. He is, like you, a regular um, conversation partner here on Mornings with Par- with Carmen. Um, and so we're going to continue our conversation. The website is MediterraneanHarvest.com. What have you already eaten today? What are you planning to eat today? What might you eat today if you don't plan what you're going to eat today? And why would eating the way that Tim is talking about benefit you? How might it benefit you? How might it produce a positive change in the culture? How might um, it lead to long-term health if you are currently experiencing a chronic disease? All of that up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of what we do on live radio every day. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio, tons of free resources just waiting for you at MyFaithRadio.com. Right now, we're inviting you to share your Faith Radio story. What do you love about Faith Radio? What do you love about Mornings with Carmen? How has this program changed the way you think or the way you live, the way you engage others in the conversations of the day? We really do want to hear from you. Your story could encourage someone else and certainly glorify God. So share what you love about Faith Radio by calling 877-933-2484 and leave us a message today. Again, thanks for listening. All right. Do you have um, health fairs in your community? Maybe you've got a health fair uh, at your church, at your local library. Maybe you've got one. Um, maybe there's like a lunch and learn kind of program at, at some um, older adult um, living communities. Maybe your church has a missions event. Maybe your YMCA does a children's summer health fair or um, another place or way that you could get this really good positive information into your community. Tim Morrow is joining us. MediterraneanHarvest.com is the website. This isn't just about how I eat or how you eat. It's how we eat because um, what we eat and how we're eating as a country um, we, we have an obesity epidemic, not only among adults, but increasingly among children. And it leads to all kinds of chronic health issues and chronic diseases that then are very, very expensive for um, each of us and all of us and certainly are not benefiting individuals um, in terms of the way we eat. So uh, we're having a conversation today about the radical transformation that might take place, not only in our individual lives, but across our culture, if we would adopt and adapt ourselves to a Mediterranean harvest. So MediterraneanHarvest.com. Uh, Tim, let's talk about why eating this way would benefit not only individuals, but would benefit us as a culture. Well, you touched on a great number of them. The uh, consequences of chronic illnesses are are increasing dramatically. The costs of it uh, are burdening the Medicaid Medicare system tremendously, and uh, the costs are being borne 
uh, on, on this uh, to our youth, our own um, young adults are picking up the cost in the healthcare plans for the elder care costs, if you will. So there are many ways in which we need to just, you know, work on addressing that. I, I first had the opportunity to uh, address this. I, I was actually launching a health savings account product with a company called First Data with technology to process those cards. And I had to have a meeting with uh, Newt Gingrich to, who had written the legislation on healthcare savings accounts. And he understood the pursing and other technical issues. And I went to him, sat down with him, got a better understanding. And then he asked me, why are you only concerned with the $280 billion associated with healthcare claims processing when this is a $1.4 trillion issue going to $4 trillion? Well, now it's up to $6 trillion. And it's not sustainable. And yet so much of this can be averted and even in some cases reversed uh, for not all of it reversed, of course, but so much can be averted that we should be focusing on it. 83% reduction in the risk of diabetes and the potential to actually reverse some of diabetes has been proven. And then there's you know 61% uh, fewer uh, cancers diagnosed among those who are strict adherence to the Mediterranean style of eating. And the risk of developing cancer overall is about 12% less. Then you look at heart health and the fact that you're 70% less likely to die from heart disease, according to research. And clogged arteries can be resolved in, or at least improved in eight weeks of going to this. And it can even help people who've been smoking get a better health outcome. And the research says you could live 15 years longer, depending on how early you start in this and you know how bad your, your uh, practices are today. But the potential to dramatically improve your health and the health of society is here all from God's provision in the functionality of the foods. All right. So um, there are even recipes at MediterraneanHarvest.com. Uh, um, there's some little lines up in the right-hand corner. If you click on those little lines, then you're going to see all of the different parts of the website. Um, and in it, not only do you get to read about the research and you get the the trapezoid, it's not a pyramid, um, but there are all kinds of community ideas and recipes. Let's um, let's click for a moment on Save the Planet. Um, let's talk yes. for a moment about um, this in terms of the the shift. If we if we shifted in this direction, what difference would it make in the in the world? So, Carmen, that's a great point you made with shift, and it's really a migration from where you are. And I, I like to use the um, logo of a of a shish kebab, if you will. We love to grill, a, you know, our beef, but if we made it into a shish kebab, we'd be participating in that shift. But we really should look at more things like fish and, and all that. Don't consume as much of the resources to produce. And um, the interesting thing is that the studies that are out there said that the um, reduction in the methane from livestock would actually be equivalent to taking a billion cars off the road. Think of that. And even perhaps more interesting on a global societal basis, the amount of grain that we're using to feed livestock today is about a billion tons that could be redirected to feeding 3.5 billion people that don't have adequate food. And, you know, this is what we're supposed to do in Matthew 25. It calls us to do that. So, you know, the potential to have all these societal implications as well as personal implications is massive. And I just want to point out that website has some old stuff in there, but it's all good. It's just I haven't spent a lot of time updating it in the last couple of years, but um, we've been doing things like you had mentioned. Um, we we presented this, uh, we were contracted by the Newark Museum to introduce this in their Generation Fit exhibit, a breakthrough exhibit that showed dangers of 
of fats and sugars and salts and then contrasted that to this. And then we were used at a senior center, Hartford uh, Senior Center and in a parish in, in a church and um, YMCA youth. So there's, uh, we, we were brought in by Newark YMCA to teach the youth in the summer. So all of these tools can be helpful in uh, guiding people to understand the why. It, it's great for them and it's great for the society that we're in and it's great for the world. And it testifies to God and his wonderful provisions. Amen. Hey, are you um, the same person that was all excited about sweet potatoes? Yes, and yes, and we do that. Do I think you should talk potatoes. about the sweet potato because you kind of have a bit of a sweet potato infatuation, and I feel like I should give you an opportunity to give a major shout out to the sweet potato. Yeah, and it's actually sweet potato and they're edible leaves. It, even just considering the potato itself, it what? produces the most. You can meat. eat the leaves? Yes, unfortunately, we bind them up here in our society because they impede the um, production of, you know, getting the, the potatoes to the harvest. But um, but in Malaysia and other places in Malawi and Philippines and Haiti where you, we're using them, they're, they're used a lot. And um, the leaves can be put into soups and, and all, but the, the potato can in itself be a replacement up to 50% of the wheat. It has the least water footprint, the lowest carbon footprint when you consider both the, the crops in one has the most nutrition per acre. It's considered the number one plant you would grow to feed the 10 billion people that are coming. All of the attributes can prevent vitamin A deficiency around the world and address tuberculosis, anemia, malaria, uh, HIV. So it's got great properties for people around the world. A woman from the University of Florida said to me if she could, if she were forced to choose from the two crops, she would pick the leaves because people around the world don't eat enough greens. So they need to bring that in. And it could be a most efficacious midday meal. When you look at the water scarcity around the world and how this takes so much less water than most other crops, we need to start looking at that kind of efficacy as well. And um, by the way, it can also be used to produce uh, bioethanol, biohydrogen, bioplastics, um, and even pharma and um, lithium ion battery anode. So it can be an end-to-end optimization of an economy that's, you know, starving for money these days all over the world or hurting for income for the farmers. Our farmers around the world who produce our food often don't make enough income to feed their own families. And this could be a radical change in that. All right. So here's one of the things I really like about you. Um, You're not lacking in energy. Um, You're not lacking in ideas and you just keep pressing forward. So, um, First of all, thank you for all the things that you have done over such a long course of time, um, not only, you know, at the national level with the White House National Economic Council for Growth Strategies, but um, the way you have helped the United Nations address hunger and poverty and well-being and climate and biofuels and on and on and on. Thank you for um, being uh, a, a friend in in terms of uh, the way that people around the world are seen um, and their concerns addressed. Um, yeah, you're, I mean, you know, <clears throat> your main credential is that you're a listener to Mornings with Carmen. It's yeah, a really, like, really, like, critical um, thing on your resume. The Lord and, and appreciate <laughs> his love and just want to share his love. 
Amen. Amen. But Tim's also the CEO of Lifestyle Management International Incorporated. You can connect with him on LinkedIn. I am going to put all of his contact information in the show notes today. For those of you who are saying to yourselves, I want to know that guy. I want to know more about what that guy is thinking about and doing. Um, But we also want to direct you today to MediterraneanHarvest.com. Because if it starts with changing not only what you eat personally, but what you take to that, um, to that carry in event at your church, or that, um, you know, that all dish event that you're having in your community, like we want to see the shift begin to take place. And it's going to have to start with us. So Tim, um, thank you. Yeah, go ahead. One of the things I'm also excited about is other people are joining in the quest and wonderful man is helping to create a Mediterranean Harvest for Life uh, app on a mobile phone that can actually be, you know, a real guide to what you're eating and how it's going to affect your health and you actually someday maybe match back the healthcare outcomes. So there's other people that participate in this. I'd like to call them out. It's a it's a community issue. We need a village, if you will, to to do this in the church. This is right up our alley. So thanks so much, Carmen, for what you said. But it's all to God's glory. I, I just don't connect the dots. Amen. He shows me. Amen. Amen. Um, Tim, Tim Marr, M-A-U-R-E-R. If you're now Googling him and looking for him, I'm going to put his uh, contact info, info in the show notes today, which you can get later today at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you download the Mornings with Carmen podcast. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. I just love this community of believers. Thank you so much for um, all the ways that you um, are glorifying God today in and through your life. Thank you for all the ways that you are making him known today in your um, in your community, in your family, through your work, on and on and on and on and on. Let your light so shine before others today that they'll see your good works and glorify God who is in heaven. Uh, let Christ be made known among others as you break bread. And um, and as you break bread, you know, we're going to encourage um, we're going to encourage you today to really think about what you're eating and how it's fueling your body. Um, let's not be eating things today that rob us of the opportunity to serve God well for a long period of time. Let's uh, let's fuel the body in the way that God intended in order that the ministry might be fueled as well. we got another hour of Mornings with Carmen up next. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.